right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. The Kate Farm, that the plant sales now online only. You can find out more by katefarm.com, katefarm.com. Also, these Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you, Main Street, Colchester, with money-saving Monday coupons. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway on the East Montpelier Road. By Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores, four locations to serve you in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need right there on Route 15 in Walcott. And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Peter Burke is here in studio, and your telephone calls are most welcome all throughout the program. 802-244-1777 is the local 802 number. Toll free from anywhere, 877-291-8255. And right now, here's your host, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hello. Well, uh, even though it's a little rainy and overcast, that is a perfect day to set out plants. It's a, a good day to plant seeds. It's a good thing for all things gardening, so get out there. Tomorrow's going to be beautiful, and uh, I think we're going to have a, uh, a, um, a day of it. I think uh, one or both my daughters are going to come over, and uh, my son and his girlfriend, and we're going to plant stuff. Now, I took a tour of my garden before I, I left for the show today, and we have lots of spinach coming up, cabbage coming up, uh, uh, lots of radishes coming up, um, uh, arugula is up, um, lettuces are up. These are all things we seeded a couple weeks ago, um, and then uh, some of the uh, spinaches I planted a couple weeks before that, along with the peas. The peas are up. And uh, uh, beets, did I say beets are up? Uh, the onion sets are coming along just fine. I saw them poking up through. Those are the little onion bulbs, you know, not the not the plants, but the bulbs. And uh, rhubarb, um, we got about a six eight inch stalks on those. They're in a they're they're very happy rhubarb plants. So they're um, they're on a hillside and and the soil is very deep there, and they're just as happy as could be. And so um, we could actually start uh, cutting a few out this weekend if we wanted to. Uh, no sign of the asparagus yet. And unfortunately, sadly, I have to say that my clover that I grew last year in the whole upper garden 
Um, actually seeded quite a bit. So I have clover, and normally you don't call clover a weed, but in this case it is right in amongst the beets that we plant and the carrots we plant. I, so I made that mistake with buckwheat a bunch of years ago. <laughs> I, 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 the flowers were so beautiful. I just want, I waited like, you know, day after day just to look at the beauty out there. Next yeah, thing I know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I had a harvest. <laughs> yeah, well, I was looking at this like, oh, wow, the, the beets are up. And I said, but that, that's not a beet leaf. No, that, that's sort of like two round leaves. Oh, I know what that is. That's clover. So anyway, we have a little clover weeding to do, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but it's nice to see things are coming up. And um, as I've uh, been looking at, you know, and, and it's a curiosity to me, to me is that the um, just as important as uh, air temperature, more or less, you don't want to frost on on your plants and that kind of thing is 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 also the soil temperature. And uh, if you go down through the list of uh, things that you can plant at thirty five degree soil temperature that will sprout, things like lettuce and spinach are top of the list. They will they will sprout um, in in relatively cold soil temperature. So, I've been watching the soil temperature a little bit, and last week it was like forty six, uh, which actually there's a ton of stuff that will sprout in forty six degree uh, soil temperature. Matter in fact, anything above 40, 40 is good for uh, beets and carrots and um, onions, parsley, peas, radishes, uh, Swiss chard, turnips, all those things you could plant from seed and, and get a um, you know, good germination. So I find that really fascinating. So I, I broke down and bought myself a soil thermometer. <laughs> and uh, because I want, I want to plant my potatoes this weekend. And uh, even though it says, you know, four weeks before last frost, it also says that the soil temperature needs to be at 50 degrees. So I thought, well, let's take a look. And sure enough, the soil temperature is 52 degrees in the beds. And my wife said, well, you know, to be really scientific, you're going to have to go out and push that into the regular old dirt in the lawn and see what temperature is there. Because I say, well, it's warmer in the beds. Well... Uh, I stand corrected. It was 52 degrees in the lawn also. So <laughs> you can plant them in the... <laughs> but the um, but the beds are ready to plant, and they're dried out from that rain already. And uh, so I'll be planting potatoes. I'm going to plant some early potatoes. I got some uh, golden rose potatoes from Johnny's, which are good for... They're early, and they're good for, um, um, uh, you know, the early potatoes, the... Um, and and so I really I like those those ones and uh, they're like a fifty sixty day potato whereas we got a bunch of the other ones that are storage potatoes which are more like eighty ninety day potatoes but you know they're bigger and, and a bigger harvest so these ones here the golden rose you can plant as close as eighty inches so that would put uh, five or six five or six rows you could plant as many as say 25 or even 36 in a 4 5 4 bed which is quite a lot where a regular potato like the Kennebec that we we're going to plant um those are you know one per square foot those are you know much larger I'm retreating in shame because I have <laughs> 
I have a big case of Idaho and instant mashed potatoes that I rely on. But, uh, well, bad. you were they're you were prepared. They're, you... they're not bad though. <laughs> but you were prepared for the worst. Oh, but I, I knew I knew some people years ago that had huge potato fields up and uh, up in the Jericho area, and there was mm-hmm. nothing nothing better mm. than the fresh harvest of potatoes. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, yeah, homegrown. Well, um, my uh, my son Dave's girlfriend Yana is is from uh, from the Ukraine, and she said that her her grandmother grew three acres uh, to feed the family. You know, it was no joke. This wasn't just you know fun fun gardening or harvest. You know, this was this is gardening gardening to survive. And so uh, she uh, she said we're going to grow potatoes this year, and she got a whole big pile of them, and we're going to plant oh probably ten beds or so, which should be 10, 250, 300 pounds of potatoes by the time we're done. So that that'll be significant. And uh, um, I'm kind of curious of what you guys grow um, out there uh, in garden land here and and uh, in your garden. Uh, do you grow potatoes? Do you grow, you know, rows and rows of potatoes, an acre of potatoes, or just a few beds of potatoes? And uh, what kind do you like? You know, I'm I'm real curious just to see what you're growing. So we got um, we got a um, a shipment. Uh, uh, my shipment came from Johnny's uh, just uh, a couple of days ago, so I'm looking forward to planting those. And that's what got me checking the soil temps, and there it's perfect. So. That's that's what we'll be doing this uh, probably tomorrow. So one of the other things um, that uh, I did this year that I've I've only played with a little bit over the years, and that's actually starting my own sets. Um, we are we are blessed in Central Vermont to have a number of remarkably good sources of organically grown sets. Uh, Kate Farm is, a, you know, uh, an example. And certainly uh, all of our um, sponsors, uh, they grow, they have wonderful sets. I was uh, walking through uh, Agway and um, Thomas, uh, one of our new sponsors, yeah. uh, and they had lots of uh, vegetable sets. Of course, tons of flowers as well and hanging baskets and all that other stuff. And, and um uh, you know, it, it was, it was good to see. And so here I am and I'm, I'm planting my tomatoes and I, and I, I have planted tomatoes a little too early and I get, you know, two foot tomatoes on the, on the windowsill in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, well, I, I got a set of lights from uh, Johnny's, a uh, beautiful, uh, you know, a uh, six-tray set, you know, it was on wheels and all the rest. And and uh, so I transplanted the tomatoes out of the—I put them in the small cells, the 72 cell, just to get them started. And, you know, I planted them out uh, uh, two weeks ago. And boom, you know, they're, they're a foot high. This, this, you know, and I was like, yeah. well, wait a minute. You know, I really don't want them. Not all of them, you know, uh, but, you know, the, the, the Jetstar, the ones that uh, Ed uh, 
uh, Smith liked was a Jet Star, so I, I got those. some of those. And literally, I, I, I'm not kidding, 12, maybe even 14 inches tall. And I'm I'm running out of light space, you know. I mean, I can't I can't, I can't make the the lights go up any higher. So obviously, I've done something terribly wrong. Yeah, I, put, I put the plants my daughter bought just to make sure that I had a garden. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was her way of saying that you know, Dad's not going to not have. Tomato. So he brought tons of them. I put them out in the sunroom, and I could tell already in just a couple of days. Uh huh. We like it out here. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I put I put them out there to semi harden. It gets kind of yeah cool at night, but not you know anything dangerous. But uh, boy, yeah. during the day, it's it's a hot house. Out it's there. a hot house. Yeah, yeah. Love it. yeah, yeah. It can be a little bit. Now, one of the things that I I did, and I I just read that you're supposed to do this. I had a fan on them that uh, you know a reciprocating fan, so that would you know jiggle them a little bit, and that's supposed to toughen up the stems. Oh, I and never all that. thought of that. I could do that very easily. I have yeah. a fan right there. Yeah, know? right. And ah. and uh, that seems to, to help them, you know, toughen up the stems a little bit. Well, I it, it didn't toughen them up enough, you know, so... Um, I kind of have this uh, dilemma now. What am I going to do with all those tomatoes? And if, uh, I'm looking at the forecast and thinking, well, could I really plant them now? You know, as, you know, just like uh, that's pretty iffy, pretty iffy. And fortunately, not all the tomatoes have done that. You know, the, the some of the tomatoes, uh, like the cherry tomatoes and some of the uh, romas, you know, they're still just six inches tall. Happies could be, you know. Roma, romas stay short for a long time, I've noticed. Yeah, the well, they, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> but I still have almost uh, 36, probably another 36 that I'm going to have to transplant into in a fairly big pots. And I'm thinking, well, and you bring up a good point. How do you harden off these things? Yeah. You know, well, you're supposed to carry them outside and let them sit in the sun. Well, I did that, um, you know, with real young plants because they say, well, the sooner you get them out, UV, so 15 minutes I put them out. I bring them in, and the the leaves are scalded. You know, they're starting to turn light 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 brown, and so that didn't go too well. Um, and um, so um, I got a, 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 another idea. Is I have a, a cart that we use. I've got a gardener supply, and, and uh, it's a um, uh, I'm going to fill that up with these big tomatoes after I transplant them into six inch pots. You know. That's a lot of tomatoes, yeah, and I really don't want to carry them in and out and in and out all the day, all the time. So, um, the, the the idea is, I've got this nice cart. I'm going to fill up the cart and uh, with those tomatoes, and I'm going to haul them outside in on the uh, east side of the house, so they'll get you know sun just in the morning, and then the, it'll be shaded in the afternoon. The only thing I have to watch out is is that they don't get too much wind on them, so they'll be right in between the a piles of wood. Now, are you, are you going to have any uh, upside down tomatoes on the back deck or anything? I do. <laughs> do you have one you're trying to get rid of? No, but I, I was mentioning to one of my my high school buddies, and you could tell that uh, my, my my little circle of friends, none of us uh, are candidates for Mensa. I told him, I said, I'm thinking, I'm just putting on the deck uh, a couple of those upside down tomatoes. And yeah. He goes, How do you how do you water an upside down tomato? <laughs> <laughs> I said you got a point there, Ed. You know? <laughs> With a super soaker. There you go. <laughs>
But there, but our neighbors. The point I'm making: my neighbors had them a couple of years ago, and yeah. they were there was there were more verdant upside down tomatoes on their back deck than there yeah. was in my garden. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it, but it's it's funny. It's almost ironic that the upside down tomatoes you watch, they actually want to grow up. Yeah. So that that you see these sort of curved, uh, and so if you don't buy the right kind, what will happen is they'll start to curve up, and then if they're heavy, they'll break off. Uh. So you have to watch out that you that you're planting something like a tom thumb, you know, something that's a small container uh, 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 tomato, you know, that you don't want to grow your brandy wine in those things because right. they're going to outgrow that thing and start to curl up and then. It's another one of these things in which you have to know what you're doing, which has been my nemesis for <laughs> my entire life. You have to know what you're doing. Oh, gosh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but, uh, well, or be lucky. Yeah, you right, know, right. you could just get lucky. And yeah, get... I have a little onion patch, and it's not it, – I don't even know what you call them, shallots or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the perennials, they come back way in the back. Uh -huh. uh, about uh, five feet by five feet, all these uh, slender uh -huh. little things. You chop them up, put them in your oh, omelets, yeah. and they're delicious. Oh, yeah. And, right. they, and they, you know, I had no intention of uh, <laughs> of having them, but there they are. They come up like the rhubarb, you know. They're, Gardening by accident. They, Is that yeah, what you're right. saying? Yeah, about to say, the things that I interfere with the least are the things that are the best in my garden. But now, I know. Yeah. I, have, I have those Egyptian, you know, the walking... Yeah, onions. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, 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 and they and they do just fine. And yeah. my wife said, "Well, I'm taking them out of this bed and I'm planting them over here." You're right. So, so we have these really nice, you know, row of the walking uh, onions, and um, so uh, man, you can pull them up just as they are, and right. they're nice, nice onions. Like you say, good for uh, just about anything. We throw them in a stir fry, actually, and they're and they're even good in a salad because they're not a strong onion. Yes, and I, that's what I use them for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and then I, I have like a, uh, a, another one of those things that uh, I think I I planted a chive plant years and years ago, and have ignored it ever since. And it's growing wonderfully well. Yeah, they spread out too. Yeah, and he's creeping along the uh, the foundation of the. Um, foundation of the house. Just going back to what you and I were talking about off air, is you had said, mentioned that Forbes uh, had called one of our yeah. one of our callers and uh, had said, well, you know, most of that garlic you buy in the store comes from China. So uh, I uh, actually didn't know that, but it's been a lot of years since I've actually bought any, any, uh, any garlic at all. I grow most of mine. And generally speaking, it's fairly easy to grow. Um, but anyway, uh, it, you know, if you get it from the farmer's market or grow your own, you know it's, it's from Vermont, and that's a, that's a good thing. I think that's probably I, I can really taste the difference. I, my, yeah. The first time I went to, uh, I had never been growing my own uh, garlic, make a long story short, pick some up at a, uh, at, uh, a, um, a, you know, a, a farmer's market a bunch of years ago. Yeah. And really great, and a couple of times... Uh, my, our, our our friend and listener Ted in Shelburne uh, yep. brought me some garlic. Oh, oh no! Oh my goodness! Hey, we do have phone calls, so let's uh, go on the air. All right, Should good. I want to hear me bab me babbling. Well, no, this <laughs> go ahead. But, but, let us see. Push this button and then do this and say, uh, "Good name. afternoon." You're on the air with Peter Burke. Your first name in town? Uh, Trudy from Braintree. Trudy, welcome. I was in the car last week when you told what supplements you put into your raised beds. Uh-huh, yep. 
So, um, so I, I put in a, a variety of things, um, uh-huh. but every year I put in one cup of a uh, general organic fertilizer. Like uh, Pro Grow? Pro, exactly like Pro Grow. Okay. Um, and that's a good, uh, you know, that's a good all around. I'd use one cup of azomite, but any kind of rock powder is fine. Uh, azomite is probably the most well known commercial rock powder. Um, uh, some of the uh, nurseries around have rock powder, and you can ask about it, or you can just get, you can uh, check it out. Um, I checked with uh, Agway um, earlier this week, and they were expecting uh, their shipment in, so they may have it. Um, they've been out of it. Um, and then I do one cup of uh, sea kelp meal. And uh, sea kelp is uh, not only uh, good for trace minerals, it's also um, a, a root growth enhancer. And uh, in the Dictionary of Organic Gardening by Rodale Press, they, they simply state, we know it works, and we, but we don't know why. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I put one cup of lime. Uh, generally, most of your soils in Vermont are a little bit on the acid side, so one cup of lime. And uh, after that first dose, though, you may want to just get a pH test and, and make sure you're not overdoing it because uh, some things like uh, potatoes like a little bit on the acid side. They like a, a 6 to 7 rather than a 7 pH. So, um it's worth uh, just double checking, and, and pH is probably one of the easiest tests you can do. You just I put one together last year. Uh-huh. And I used the vermiculite, peat moss, and compost. Yeah, no, that that's that's what I would define as perfect soil, and that's what I every bed that I start, every new bed that I start, I I start with a one third, one third, one third mix of peat moss, vermiculite, and compost. You just add these other ingredients. Annually. That's right. Well, annually. And then the things like the ProGrow, I might actually, uh, add, if you look at the, the labels, you know, on the on the bag there, it'll say, you know, every two weeks for certain ones that are heavy feeders or every three weeks for light feeders like lettuces and stuff. Um, or, you know, your heavy feeders, which, you know, your tomatoes and your broccoli and, and your cabbage and stuff, you want to you wanna keep up a, a regular schedule of, of feeding. Now, some people prefer to use something like a fish emulsion for feeding, so that's something you just you kind of have to, you know, it's you can spray it as a foliar feeder, uh-huh. but that that's just something that's just a choice, you know. It's it's not necessarily one better than the other, but uh, the fish emulsion a lot of people have good luck with it. Um, let's see, is that it? Uh, last week you gave someone a. I don't know if it was email address or something to get pictures of your trellises. Oh yeah, uh, TD Garden at AOL dot com. TD. Yep, Th- uh, Thomas David TD Garden at AOL dot com. I got TD Gardens in Boston. <laughs> no, just TD, just TD Garden. Yeah, well, that's at what a- I googled in. At AOL. 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, for quite a while, I got I got stuff from from the TD Garden, and it was like a, their uh, some sort of a deposit receipt, you know. For <laughs> and I I finally said, hey guys, you know, this is TD Garden at AOL. I'm just a little guy. You don't want to be sending me this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, they, that that's what I put in, and then it said. You need to put in AOL, which I did. Yeah, yeah. TDGarden at AOL.com. I'll try that again. Yeah, sure. Sure. Because yeah. I've got to do trellises, and I'm not I'm not creative. Oh, yeah. Well, these are, I, if you heard me last week, I was I was definitely, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about this, the, the ones that I do. It's half-inch conduit pipe. You can buy a 10-foot for about 5 bucks. You can go down to Berry Electric and buy a whole bundle of them if you want, and they're a little bit less expensive. Um, you know, and and they're, if you have a pipe bender, you can save a little money on the, um, you, you know, on the uh, couplings. Uh -huh. uh, the 45-degree couplings are expensive. They're like $5 a piece. Oh, a regular wow. coupling is only like 79 cents. So if you use the bender, you bend the top, you put on the two little couplings, and the rest goes in the ground. So, uh, so the, and and then I put a, a piece of wire fencing on them. Or if you're growing something like cucumbers or tomatoes, you could just train them on a uh, a sturdy, you know, uh, a cord of some sort, you know, okay. rope or you know. They're probably going to do cucumbers and zucchini and yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Uh, the zucchini, if you're growing zucchini, there's one, an old Italian variety called trombone, trombosini, uh, and it uh, grows up, it, it absolutely loves a trellis. It grows up like that very naturally and very easy to train up a trellis. Well, I planted my garlic and some lettuce in my bed that I made yet last year. Oh, good. Now i got to go to Agway and get some more vermiculite. Yep, so. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Well, good. Trudy, thank you so much for the call. Good luck, and let me know how it goes. All right. Thank you. Yep. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah, you too. And so we got Bill in South Woodbury. Hey, Bill, you're up in my territory. Howdy. <laughs> What's up? Well, first thing I want to say, of course, garlic is always better when you grow it yourself. <laughs> but uh, I always look for garlic that comes from Gilroy, California. Many years ago when I was uh, trucking cross-country, uh, my friend and I uh, went by Gilroy, and you smelled the garlic before you got there on the interstate. <laughs> yeah, is that right? <laughs> and they actually were having a garlic festival, so we stopped, and it was kind of hard to park the big truck. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> they had garlic everything. Garlic, ice cream, you name it, they had it in garlic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, in fact, this morning I just went out to get some minced garlic, and I made sure it was from Gilroy. Oh, that's great. But, it, uh, yeah, Gilroy, California, garlic capital of the USA. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> On another note, you had mentioned uh, doing something by the foundation of a house. Now, I'm of a penchant to love collard greens and turnip greens and mustard greens. And, yeah. Uh, I was just down in Connecticut, and the only thing, I, I went to the Agway one day, and uh, they, yep. had, they had collards. So yeah. I bought a flat of them. But I can never find turnips or mustards up here. Well, you know, you pays your money, it you takes your chances. But can I put collards next to the foundation on the southwest side? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, collards, turnips, and mustards, absolutely no reason not to just plant them from seed. And even right now, they'll do fine. 
uh, mustard. Uh, once you grow that, it'll be almost like a weed. I I, I always plant the the giant red mustard, and uh, sure enough, you look around and by golly, there's one you know over in the flower bed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, absolutely the one of the easiest things to to grow. Uh, the, the turnips uh, we planted some a couple of weeks ago, and they're they're up. The mustard greens they're up. Collards um, they don't mind this weather at all. And matter of fact, that's on the list that I mentioned that they will. Um, let me just make sure. Yeah, yeah, yep. They'll they'll sprout at forty degrees when the temperature is forty degrees uh, well, soil temperature. The things in the in the little thing that I got the flat they're yeah. about three yep. inches high. But yeah. I used to have a nice garden out in the field, but the witchgrass took over, and I just mm. you know mm. I'm getting older, and I just can't yeah. do that no more. So. I've got a few spots around the foundation on the side of the house that I've got cultivated. Yeah, mm. it's okay ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they have compost for. You can make up with that and, and a little bit of fertilizer. I'm thinking about running uh, – I have some yellow tomatoes, uh, you know, just a medium size. And I'm thinking of planting those right along the foundation on the southern side. And uh, because I, I've, I've, I overplanted my sets, so I don't really have enough room. Last year, I planted some tomatoes in the front, which goes directly east and south. Uh-huh. And I had, and then I planted about six over there on the uh, <clears throat> downhill side of the maybe septic system. I think it's just an old <laughs> hole in the ground. <laughs> but uh, I'm in a cabin way up on the hill in South Woodbury. Oh, great. Great. And, uh, Good for they, you. I think I had maybe one or two tomatoes out of each plant. <laughs> And I put some moodoo around them when I planted them. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, plant uh, plant cherry tomatoes. They're they're so much more uh, productive and and easier to grow than any of the other ones. So. They actually did. I did that in the front, and they were prolific. No, oh, good, good. Well, see, there you go. Um, well, Bill, thanks for uh, telling me about Gilroy. I'm going to have to look into the garlic capital of the world. Oh, golly, it was fun. It really was fun. <laughs> it sounds great. Uh, well, we were, uh, let's just say that we smelled like garlic for the next two or three days. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? Oh, nothing. Not bad. The dog didn't like us too much. No, no. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks for calling. And so we have a call from Mike in Waterbury. Mike, welcome aboard. Hey, how are we doing today? Good. So I had called a couple weeks ago about garlic. Yeah, well, yeah, I was wondering about that. And you and uh, I actually was thinking about this morning, wondering if you did pull one of your garlics and look at the roots. I did not. Oh, okay. Uh, however, yeah, uh, I gave him a, a splash of uh, fish emulsion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they are still kind of a little bit wilted, but uh-huh. looking at like eighteen-inch tall leaves, yeah, you call them, yeah. Um, so aside from a little bit of wilting, they they look pretty good after that. So oh, maybe good. it was just. Yeah. Just that. Well, it's funny. In the early spring, when the temperature is cooler, the nitrogen is not as available. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, that may have been the perfect remedy is that they needed nitrogen. So you want to make sure that you use something. Um, Procro has a, has a high nitrogen uh, in a red bag. 
that you can get at uh, at the, the feed store. And um, so you might want to just go ahead and do that. I know um, Fruition Seeds, uh, she talks about growing nitrogen. And sometime in May, she actually uh, puts a blood meal right along her you know, to uh, right along her garlics, and she grows massive, massive garlic uh, uh, bulbs. So, you know, uh, they are heavy feeders, even though they look sort of innocuous, and and they are certainly deep rooted. Um, the other thing you can do is is just cultivate a little bit between the rows, and uh, sometimes that helps to send them down, uh, you know, down into the soil further to look for more nutrients. Um, and if there's any kind of weeds, uh, all the onion plants, Alan, are, are, do not like any competition whatsoever. So you want to make sure there's no no grass or anything else growing in there. Okay, yeah, for now we're looking good on that. Uh, good, good. I am. I really appreciate your calling back because I was wondering about you this morning. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're looking fairly decent right now. I did have one more question. Yep. Uh, Peanuts. Uh, do you know of any? Can we successfully grow peanuts in Vermont? Or, um, or is it just a lot of up here. Um, uh, are you in Central Vermont, or are you over near Lake Champlain? I'm in Waterbury. Oh, Waterbury. Oh, right here it says right here Waterbury. Duh. Um, uh, it sort of depends on your if you have a miniature. Yes, you can. Um, matter of fact, the the one that I just mentioned, the fruition seeds. Uh, can't remember what her name is, but you if you Google that, you can get to her, and she has actually some two types of peanuts that grow in her region, which is the Lake regions of uh, Finger Lakes regions of New York. Which is actually a pretty cold climate, and is almost like Vermont in that that it's pretty cold. So, uh, and she's real high on those. Uh, so you could check them out, and they're available, and they're a northern quote unquote northern peanut that you can grow. So okay. g- give them a try, and uh, it's called Fruition Seeds. And uh, I know I looked at them, and I, I was talking to uh, my other garden buddies, and it's sort of like sweet potatoes on artichokes, you know. Yeah, you probably could grow them, but uh, is it worth it? So, um, yeah, But for the fun of it, absolutely grow them and let me know how it goes. Sounds good. Sounds I don't good. know if they'll go with your garlic, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you know boil them up together and... yeah absolutely well uh she has a recipe for boiling them in beer so you <laughs> oh boy there you go all right buddy thanks for the call all right thank you yep and we have uh laurie laura in roxbury welcome hi how are you today oh i'm good yeah are you out in the garden today uh, I have been. It's not as nice as I was hoping today, but <laughs> hey, it's not snowing, Laura. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that is an advantage, isn't it? <laughs> and we know it could be. <laughs> right, and we didn't have a tornado. So, you know, we, <laughs> we had quite a downpour where we are yesterday. I can yep, tell you that. Yep, yeah, <laughs> What's up, Laura? Well, I had a package of uh, butternut squash seeds and. Yeah. We wound up planting them all, and I have 24 butternut squash plants now. Okay. So we're thinking about putting in a new little row so that I can put them all out there. Uh But I have terrible problems with cucumber beetles. Ah, cucumber beetles. Any suggestions? Well, 
Yeah. Um, well, of course, the first is, have you ever planted uh, squash there in, in previously? Is it the same place you planted your squash last year? No. Okay, so that's number one. That's a good thing. Okay. Number two, did you cultivate the soil, more or less, even with a handrake or whatever? Not yet. Okay, so before you do that, uh, go ahead and handrake it at least yeah. so that any of the little uh, uh, nymphs, you know, uh, will be turned up and hopefully the, the either they'll die from exposure or the birds will come and eat them. Yeah. The third thing is um, if, you, if you use something like a mulch, and uh, if you fairly good, thick mulch, right? Yeah. And um, matter of fact, this morning I was reminded is uh, particularly with uh, cucumbers and squash and that kind of thing, the, um, uh, the, the slugs absolutely love that stuff. So go get some sluggo if you uh -huh. don't have some and make sure you, you know, you pepper the, the soil with that sluggo even underneath the mulch so that, okay. um, you know, they don't come along and eat your, your little tenderlings right away because yeah. they, they'll, they'll do all the harm, you know, uh, 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 that, uh, I mean, they'll eat them just completely. Yeah. So, right. so make sure you have some sluggo. And then for the, um, for those squash, you know, just going to have to watch. You're going to have to, you know, the, the best friend to any garden is the gardener. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, keep your eye out uh, for them. And if you see some, then you know you, you're going to have to, you have to treat it before, you know, they, they, uh, they burrow in. Because once they burrow in, it's kind of hard to get rid of them. And then the last thing you could do, again, along with raking it, you can solarize your soil. And that would be just putting a piece of, of clear plastic down in where where the you know where the hill is going to be, yeah. And and if you leave that for a few days in the sun, that'll heat it up in there, and it will kill any kind of a, a little worm in there that's there. Okay, and so, you think clear instead of black? Uh, clear in because you want it to solarize. You want the sun to to beat down on it. Okay. And uh, the, if you only have black plastic, that's fine. Use the black plastic. Right. That'll heat up just as well. Up. Yeah, whichever you happen to have is fine, but uh, okay. both of them will solarize, either one. Okay. Well, that uh, sounds great. And then uh, let me know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm uh, anticipating a little struggle out there. But yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think if you do those things, you won't have any problems. And I, I just love butter. Now, it's one of my favorite, favorite foods. And we bought a uh, air fryer a couple of years ago, and you take that butternut squash oh. and, and chop it up into about a one-inch or three-quarter inch cube, uh -huh. and you put it in the air fryer, just a little bit of oil, a little salt, a little pepper, and you don't need anything else. It's an absolute treat, wonderful, delicious. Sounds great. It is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much. All right, Laura. Yeah. Take care now. Bye. I stopped at Thomas, uh, uh, one of our sponsors there, and... Uh, um, the nice lady there said, oh, I listen to your show every week. <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, there, uh, if you don't know where that is, it's right uh, where the old Laguerre's place, Farman, Farman, uh, uh, Laguerre's Farm Market is what it was, right on the Barry and Montpelier Road, right between Barry and Montpelier. And... Um, and so, uh, and when I went to um, Agway, they were very good. Uh, you can go in the store now uh, to, um, uh, you know, if you, as long as you have a mask. A mask is required. 
so everybody in there had one. Uh, but you don't have to. You, if you know what you want, you can just call ahead, and they will meet you right at the door. They do a great job, uh, you know, of, of uh, communicating with you, and they give you a number that you can call, and you let them know who you are and where you are, and, and they'll bring it right out to you. That works great. Um, and guys, uh, same thing. Uh, I called ahead, and uh, uh, they have it, had my order right out on the, on the loading dock right there in, in Montpelier. And so I just want to tip my hat to these these uh, companies uh, that are, uh, you know, really making the accommodations and making it safe for all of us. Uh, you know, good on you. Yeah, I went to the uh, I went to the guys in uh, in Essex yeah. near the, yep. down from the five corners. Yeah. And yep. I had an order for some bird seed. Oh, yeah. And uh, the. the uh, I was waiting outside the door open, and the first uh, individual to to come out of the store wasn't the guy carrying the birdseed, but was the cat. <laughs> <laughs> the first guy was a cat. Huh? The first, 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 first individual to come out was the cat. So they have a resident cat at Guy's in uh, in Essex South. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh... very few mice in the warehouse. I would have. Oh, I'll bet I'd be well. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Agway has a. a, a, a yeah. They keep a couple of the uh, uh, cats from the... Uh, the, well, the Humane Society. The yeah. Humane Society, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's always... They, the cages, it looks like, like they're so much fun, you know, because they have all these different levels they can go on. And then they they had one that they used to let wander around the store. Oh, well. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I, I like places like that, you know. Oh, yeah, me, me too. Me, me and critters. I, I think it's great, and, we, and I think we're very fortunate to have such a, 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 so many great stores like that in Vermont. So I was, my wife was listening to a blog, um, and I think it was called Rumble Strip or something like that, and they were talking about and posing the question, could Vermont feed itself you know, if it needed to, you know, and uh, they had uh, Pete from Pete's Greens on there and a couple yep. other farmers. And and the uh, it was funny because the um, the the opinions were sort of black and white. You know, Pete said, well, I figured it out. If we grew so many like, you know, acres of potatoes, you know, you could fill at least the 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 you know, your calorie needs, right? And he also figured it out for kale because kale is actually a very nutritious. Uh, and uh, and then one of my garden buddies was saying, well, actually, it should be growing leeks because that's one of the most nutritious foods, that it, you know, per, um, or per pound that you can grow. But uh, one of the other uh, farmers, and she was of a mind that no Vermonters are just like everybody else in the United States. They're so used to having their strawberries in December and their bananas in November that they would never be happy to to uh, to just be fed, you know, uh, by by what we could grow in Vermont. But and that sort of dovetails into what I was thinking about in, in my first show. I kind of came up with that um, the theme that I've been working with this year is um, how much would it how much would you have to grow to feed yourself mm -hmm. 
It's funny, interestingly, that question for that whole series mm-hmm. of, of, of people responding and people in the business and experts, yeah. Yeah. that was asked, I think, by an 11-year-old. Oh, kid. no, okay. so you heard it. Did yes, you hear I, it? Yes, I did. Oh, okay, yes. so it, it was, am I sort of accurate You're there? Right so on, yeah, right oh, okay, because yeah, yeah. this was just all, I didn't get to hear the, the thing myself, but she was telling me about it, and I thought, oh, you know, that's exactly the question that I've been asking, but uh, uh, my answer is m- more like, if if all of us had a garden, how much garden space would we need to feed ourselves? And, you know, when I break it down to for just vegetables, I figured out that in 24 beds, four by four beds, uh, which is like 20 feet wide and 50 feet long, it's not very big, you could grow um, all the vegetables you needed. Now, that's not fruit, that's not, you know, protein, that's not uh, milk, uh, but it's a start. So with 24 beds, you could grow all your vegetables. Of course, you know, it becomes a challenge is how are you going to have your broccoli in January, you know. So some things you're going to eat out of your garden as it grows. Some things you're going to store for, you know, after the garden. And some things you can grow during the winter. And and so, you know, my indoor gardening uh, really dovetails in well with that because you can grow all those salad greens all winter long and have wonderful salad greens. And... Um, uh, one of uh, one of the guys at work, his wife uh, said that oh she was really missing these greens and and so uh, I said well here's a book here's some seeds and sure enough she's been she's been uh, growing stuff and uh, <laughs> he said you know she had all these trays and she was going to take them upstairs and uh, of course. Uh, uh, you know, the couple of fell over. <laughs> and and uh, in the book, there's a, a very cute picture of my son who dropped one of the trays and swept it up and put it in the corner. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> but uh, it grew right out of the dustpan and they were, you know, so I just said it. it you know, you can you can throw these things on the ground, sweep them up into a dustpan and throw them in a corner and they'll still grow. So there's, you know, anybody can do this. Brown thumb, green thumb. You know, it doesn't matter. Black thumb, anybody can grow uh, salad greens indoors. And what's neat in the garden is that you can let things like broccoli go way into the frost season. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah no, I it's like, true. I love that. And then you can blanch them and uh, put them in the freezer. That's what I do with my strawberries. So oh. that when the rhubarb does come out, <laughs> I can make my my famous, I call it compost. My the daughters compost. call it compost. Yeah. You know, strawberry rhubarb <laughs> compost. <laughs> But I need the strawberries, and they don't come early uh, enough. You know, it's it's it. Do, so, do you freeze the the rhubarb to catch up to the? No, no you don't. No, I, the rhubarb the rhubarb is always fresh. And okay, the strawberries are frozen like a like a cannonball, you know, in a bag. <laughs> well, that's that. My wife was asking that question. We were talking about your compost. Yeah, well, not, none of these little strawberries on a tray, so you could take them one at a time. Otherwise, there'd be there'd be nothing left because I, I, I like to chew ice cubes and so i yep. even freeze grapes seedless mm. grapes oh really and eat them frozen uh, you know uh. there, there is a class of people that like to chew ice cubes There's yeah a word for it too well and it, if i have anything frozen like a, an individual strawberry they'd all be gone oh know? yeah yeah well you know what i like is um i, I happen to like tonic water yeah. just mm-hmm. with uh, the roses uh thyme uh roses lime syrup you know and uh, without the the vodka, or the you know, 
but anyway, um, so I started adding to that uh, frozen strawberries Ooh. to use that instead of ice. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. And you put that in there and then some of our frozen blueberries from our blueberry bushes. And then I actually had some frozen mangoes that oh. I got at the co-op, my wife. Uh, and then we got some mangoes, fresh canned mangoes at uh, Costco. Mm -hmm. And they were fantastic, super good, and, and not really that expensive. And, and, you know, so they were ripe, you know. And uh, so uh, that that's sort of become my drink of choice is uh, Tonic water with uh, lime and um, all these frozen fruits popped in there. Yeah, what I what, what I do with my little uh, uh, super power blender uh, yeah, thing yep. was one of those infomercial. Yep. From uh, well, it has to be twenty like, years ago. Call that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, they were they were advertising you can make all these smoothies. Oh yeah, what a I ninja, did, right? Is yeah, that the, that's yeah. exactly what. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Anyway, so I I, I would put. Um, a half tangerine juice, which I'd get at the supermarket, Ooh. and then throw frozen blueberries, frozen uh, uh, strawberries, uh, and frozen mangoes, actually, near the end uh, before the thing broke. That's what I would do. And I'd make this wonderful, frozen, yummy thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we've blown our theory about eating from Vermont, haven't we? Well, <laughs> well, if, uh, the big question is if, if somehow the president gets his wall built and it's and they uh, misjudge and bake it all the way around Vermont, we just have to change some of our. I know the dog won't like it. He doesn't. He doesn't like anything that comes out of the garden. But, uh, uh, but uh, you know, you have people like Laplatte Beef down in Shelburne. I, oh, I yeah. Just, I just wonder if, um, and that's where I get. By the way, that's where I get my suet for the bird. Uh, oh yeah. So, okay. Yeah, sure. Not only have those great Angus steak. That's in. Mm. Not only mm. have the great Angus uh, beef, yeah. but uh, they've got uh, they've got the suet, which uh, I give to the birds. But yeah, I'm, I, that's a good question, and it wasn't really answered. No, in, I didn't in, think in so thing. either. You know, a lot of people had a lot of different opinions, yeah, and I think yeah. I, my guess is if you change your eating habits, uh, there's probably a way to do well, it. Well, you know, uh, do you got a call? Yeah, I think so. so oh, okay. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let me push that button, and maybe somebody got a recipe maybe, for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let me just say. To our caller, your first name in town, please. My first name is Peter, and I'm calling from Barry. Hey, Peter. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, you know, I don't have a gardening question, but you fellas talking about strawberries. Uh oh. <laughs> frozen strawberries. <laughs> well, another thing you that's really delightful with strawberries is you can dry them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What a great idea. Well, there's a there's a caveat attached to that. Yeah. Because some time ago, a person I know, very dear to my heart, and I won't mention the name, mm -hmm. but uh, we had we had uh, dried a couple of quarts of uh, strawberries. Great, great idea. And she decided to use them as a snack food. Mm -hmm. And and she snacked a bit, and I said, "Do you realize?" You just ate a quart of strawberries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They go down yeah. pretty quickly. Cause, exactly. Because they went down pretty easy. Oh, pretty absolutely. Quickly. Yes. <laughs> so even if, you know when you take that bulk out, yeah, you no longer think of it. You, yep. you know. So. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. So as you as you enjoy your strawberries with your rhubarb and yes, uh, uh, be if if you decide to dry them, 
be careful. That's all yeah. that I called about. <laughs> well, I do have a dryer. I dry those little orange tomatoes when they come up. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, they, and yeah. I eat them like candy. Candy, it's yeah. Not, it's not yeah. even a vegetable. It's yeah. candy. Yeah. And, well, and and you probably realize, my goodness, I just went through <laughs> a, dozen, a dozen tomatoes or something. Well, I'll tell you what, um, and I've mentioned this before, if you want a real treat when the car... When the cantaloupes come in season, yes, dry them. Oh my gosh! I took that from I took that advice from Peter last I'm year. Telling, Wonderful. Uh, my wife, uh, that with uh, cashew nuts is uh, absolutely a treat. Uh, it's just a elixir. So the next time you're uh, you're full of strawberries, uh, find some cantaloupe and. <laughs> well, we've 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 dried just about everything that you can think of. Have you tried the cantaloupe? Uh, we tried a melon. I can't remember oh, if it okay. was yep. cantaloupe or, or uh, honeydew. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm getting. Uh, are you getting feedback on this? Because I'm quite away from, ways away from the radio. Well, no, we we we've been. Uh, there's been some engineering things taking place, and there's like a three second delay, and it's been it's been plaguing everybody <laughs> for oh, for the past 48 well, hours. But I, uh, the good news is that uh, internal memos tell us that all this is going to be corrected with new phone equipment, which means I, one of two I, things: either everything's going to be perfect next week, or we're not going to have any telephones working. I, I can't I can't believe that WDEV would have be having equipment problems. Oh no no no, no that'll never happen. You know. I, I've been I've been listening for most of my life. So I, I can't imagine that they're not just right up to snuff technologically. Well, I think uh, the first word from our fearless leader during the dump program was, hey, how come I can't hear anything? <laughs> so, so I think I, I think from executive order, things are going to be straightened out soon. But that's what it is. There's like a little three-second thing happening here. Let me mention what? one thing to, to try in the... In the uh, in the uh, freeze dryer or the uh, the air dryer, uh, what yeah. I do, and I don't grow them in the backyard, bananas. <laughs> Slice oh, yeah. your banana because I I dried fruit that you that I buy commercially that has sulfites in it. Mm. I can't tolerate that. Mm. I, I my lung just mm. you know yeah. my lungs jam up. Yep. So and I love dried bananas, but uh, boy they load them with sulfites if mm. you buy them in yes, the store. Yes, they do. Yeah, so they anyway, do. what I do is I slice banana. And I, I don't wait till they get too ripe because I don't like that when they're ready for a banana bread. You know, that's what they're good for. But I have, like, uh, underripe bananas that I dry, but each one has a drop of maple syrup on the top Ooh, of it. There you go. And that produces mm. a, a candy that is just absolutely delicious mm. and uh, you know, a combination of Vermont and South America together <laughs> on that one. I don't don't know anybody who grows bananas in in Vermont. Although my grandfather grew um, uh, figs in New Jersey, whereas a lot of his neighbors couldn't couldn't do that. Boy, he had he had figs all all during the gardening season. Yeah, I I, I misheard you, Joel. I thought you said I first. I thought you said pigs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what's the trick in that? You know, <laughs> Dried oh, yeah, it's, huh? it's funny. We have a little television here. And you know that French, uh, that uh, New Orleans chef, Emeril Lagasse, uh, Lagasse or whatever? Yeah. He's got some device, you know, that will cost only four easy payments of $39. <laughs> and I'm watching this in the background. It's a tiny screen. And uh, he's he's done everything from, you know, uh, frying chickens to roasting a <laughs> It looked like a whole pig <laughs> in, in, in this thing. One of these miracle devices on it. On a um, 
mm. on an infomercial out there. Now, that's not one of those um, air dryers that you have, is it, Peter? Yeah, it, it is. is well, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, no, I've got two. I've got an air fryer. Air fryer, and yeah. And then I have a regular dryer, the Excalibur 9-tray. Yeah, I have one that's... Uh, well, that's the, what, the the very first one that uh, that mm. that came out with uh, Ron Papil. Remember, mm. you know the Garden oh, Harvest. Send one it and the... forget it. You oh know? yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. guy he was the first with the infomercial. I have one of his from like thirty <laughs> years ago. Still, it's still working. Can't but beat uh, that. yeah, the air fryer is uh, sounds like a, just a marvelous device. Yeah. Know? Yeah, but uh, no, I we don't I haven't freeze dried a pig yet. But, <laughs> but today, by the way, I don't know why all this is popping in my mind. Today Strip. is National Barbecue Day. <laughs> it is. We always it, each day is is a national something day. You know. You can always tell when Joel's hungry. Oh well, yeah. national, <laughs> national Barbecue I'm, Day. I'm going to get off the line and listen to you over the radio. Okay. <laughs> well, Peter, thanks for the call, and I appreciate your mentioning the frozen strawberries and the dried strawberries. Yeah, the. Dry- well, you just want to, as I said, you just you want to be cautious with it. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. all. <laughs> well, uh, a friend of mine came up from uh, Rhode Island, and he, crazy Tony, and uh, it was I had just finished drying, like you, the the cherry tomatoes. Yeah. Oh boy. And he started. I had a bag. I gave him a baggie and to try, and he grabbed that baggie and he had the, had that in his hand all day long, and he was kept eating it and eating it, and I, I sort of expected him like Charlie in the chocolate. <laughs> Factor. Right. I expected him to sort of swell well, up and yeah, as soon as he takes float, a drink of water, yeah. <laughs> float away, yeah. Because <laughs> he, like he said, he probably ate a quart of, of cherry tomatoes, you know. <laughs> well, you know, those uh, freeze dried strawberries are in special K cereal, mm-hmm. and they keep advertising now with more strawberries. And I know why, because I, 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 I buy yep. that on occasion, yep. and I end up kind of filling my bowl, but then reaching into the box to pick out extra strawberries. So the last four or five bowls have none. So you're the one who steals the raisin out of the raisin brand. Is that it? Exactly. Exactly. I was also the one when my parents bought Vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. The second person got no chocolate. You know, the ice cream, you know, when it had the three divided. What do they call that? Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But we'll, we'll get back to gardening. I guess today's program uh, is now to the point of your final words. I hope I didn't uh, steal any of the important information. <laughs> I say, you know, what, what well, else we can I say? Call. We've got another oh, call. Oh, we do. Okay. If you've got the time. All right. Of course I have the time. Okay. And I've got the uh, button here. Three-second delay or not and uh, let us see uh you made it in under the wire your first name in town hi uh jen from montpelier hey jen welcome thank you um my question for you is i got my starters this week and um Uh i know i've always heard june 1st as the date that you could put things in the ground and Mm -hmm. how much can i push that um depends on what it is uh you're uh, the frost tolerant, you know, all of your uh, all of your broccoli family, you know, cabbage family. So cabbages, broccolis, Brussels sprouts, um, all of those things you can put in. They'll they'll survive uh, cold temperatures, you know, down to uh, 32 for sure. Um, even a light frost. Um, your squash plants, your cucumbers, um, all of those, uh, uh, let's see, so you've got uh, cucumbers, squashes, uh, tomatoes, peppers, all of those are, are, uh, uh, won't tolerate a frost at all. Okay. Okay. And they also want that, that soil temperature to be up, 
above 50, uh, above 60. So you, you need to have a little warmer soil before you put them out, okay? Be a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just be careful uh, that you don't um, uh, put them out too soon. Uh, those ones. The other ones, uh, you're fine. You're okay. fine with the uh, lettuces. Those are fine. What else did you get? Uh, pretty much, I think, everything that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, tomatillas no. at all? or No, no okay. tomatillas. They're sensitive, no. yeah. No, but it, mostly, I mean, I did have the tomatoes and yeah. the uh, um, peppers. So I'll well, lean on those and... The, the big temptation is, because it's finally warmed up, is to figure that, well, we won't have a frost, and I'll just go ahead and, you know, maybe I'll cover them if we do or if there's a cold night. Um, you know, I've seen frost into June 1st and June 6th, so, but generally speaking, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, be careful, because Memorial Day is actually a week early this year. It's like oh, the 25th. Okay. Yep. You know, so you're, you're right on with the June 1st uh, date. Now, if for some reason you feel as though you can protect those plants if it gets cold, you know, you could put them in. But I, I don't recommend that because okay. it it's it's a it's a heck of a loss if you yeah. if you're if it just gets too cold, more or less. If we if it dips to thirty two, you might do okay with a with a little protection. But if it gets down to twenty five. Um, unless you have some serious protection, you're going to lose them, or nope. are you going to set them back? Nope, they, so. they can stay right in where they are. So uh, see, there's a patient gardener. Yes. Good, good. <laughs> good for you, Jen. Good. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Right. Enjoy your garden. Let me know how it goes. Thank you. All right, take Bye. care. So was that our last call, Joel? I looks like it. Oh, well, final words. Enjoy your garden, everyone. Um, I plan to do some gardening later today and tomorrow, certainly. And uh, if you have any thoughts uh, about uh, how to grow all your, how to eat and feed yourself uh, throughout the year, uh, please call and join that conversation. That 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 would be fun. And no, uh, um, oh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Now, um, I, this is something I should obviously ask yeah. you off air, but yeah. <laughs> well, do we do we have? Uh, but. Um, do we have an email for in the garden that can be that we can forward to you, or is that something we should work on? Uh, I believe I have it up on the wall at my office, and I think I can't remember whether it's in the garden at WDEV or if it's Peter at. I'll have to. I'll look it up next week. Okay. Well, we will. Um, I know there's one. Okay. I'll. I'll. Uh, we've got music coming up. I'll try to research that and make sure. But yeah, it would be good uh, if people have questions during the week. That, yeah, sure. Uh, we can forward them. Yeah. To you. Yeah, that's true. That's an idea that popped into my mind. Yeah, you know, something right we should have taken care of. Um, there are the the podcasts, and I did double check, and and Dylan is putting them on there, so you can check those out if you want to. Okay, well, thank you. We will uh, thank you for your participation to our listeners. Thanks to the fine sponsors. And, Peter, thanks for your conversation and expertise. <laughs> Makes for a wonderful, wonderful Saturday afternoon. It's a fast hour, isn't yeah, it? It goes by very quickly. <laughs> and we'll see you next week in the garden. Yep.
seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Boy, didn't it tumble down the other day? <laughs> Yep, uh, In the Garden, brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store in Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport. By the Kate Farm, their plant sales underway right now, but online only. Go to katefarm.com. They've made it real easy for you. By Clausen's Florist. Greenhouse and Perennial Farm. Right there in Colchester, locally grown just for you. Check Clausens.com for their Monday value coupons. Buy your locally owned Montpelier Agway right there on the East Montpelier Road. Buy Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. Buy Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. A great website too, sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Route 15 in Wolcott. By the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Do join us again next Saturday at 1230 for Peter Burke in the Garden. The uh, theme we use is that wonderful song, John Denver, John Denver's recording of it, uh, but uh, originally by New Englander David Mallet. And uh, gee, what a what an inspired song! <laughs> Makes me want to go out and uh, work in the garden. <laughs>